Seven minutes it is after 8 p.m. And uh, we now go into our conversation with uh, Nkata Ngulego Yesis, uh, the Nkata Freedom Party. And I'm joined uh, in our studio here by the national spokesperson uh, of uh, uh, Nkata Freedom Party. And he's also uh, the leader of uh, the uh, Youth Brigade uh, of uh, Nkata as well and a member of parliament. And uh, many of you would be familiar with him, uh, certainly if you do watch that uh, parliamentary channel. And uh, his name is Mkulego Shengwa. Mkulego, uh, good evening to you, my brother, and welcome to Metro FM Talk. And thank you so much for joining us, man. Kulego, let's maybe start off here. And, uh, uh, you know, I always appreciate these conversations because we, we get enough time to maybe uh, unpack some of the finer details, certainly of, you, of the promises and commitments in uh, your own electoral manifesto. But before we get uh, to some of the nuts and bolts of that one, let's, let, let's maybe talk briefly here about Ingata, Yengulego uh, Yesizwe, just some of the history and, of course, uh, uh, the relevance of it as a political movement and uh, what it, it sees as the key tasks of resolving some of the challenges and crises that we see in South Africa. Well, essentially, uh, we see ourselves as a party of the servants of the people. I'm fundamentally concerned about ensuring that South Africans um, live a better life. We're concerned about the sustainable livelihoods of our people and the state of the country. Um, And we always see ourselves um, as a constructive opposition because Mm. we believe that whatever problems confront South Africa um, are not of one political party, but they belong to all of us. So when unemployment shoots through the roof um, and the economy is not growing and crime and poverty um, become a feature of our national discourse, Mm. then we as the IFP believe we have a role to play. Um, Of course, we will be critical of areas and things which we believe should not be happening and that the direction in which government will be taking is not um, correct. But we fundamentally believe um, that all of us have got a duty and a responsibility um, to work for a better South Africa. And this is, of course, um, part and parcel of our DNA. That is why we were founded in 1975 mm. um, to be the voice of the oppressed, to fill a vacuum. Um, and of course, whilst there may be issues uh, between us and the ANC fundamentally as they stem out in 1979, when we were originally founded in 1975, we were, for all intents and purposes in front of the ANC. I mean, you even took their colours, right? <clears throat> no, of course, yeah, we're in yeah. front of the, um, the ANC. Principal Telezi was mm. a cater of the ANC. In, in fact, when the party was founded um, on the advice of Kenneth Kaunda, for president of Zambia, um, Principal Telezi consulted um, Tambo, who gave um, the go-ahead mm. for this. Of course, it's what happened in 1979 in that London meeting um, when there was a difference of uh, opinion in terms of the strategy approach, um, which was to be utilised in the main um, when the parties met in 1979, it was the issue of the armed struggle sanctions. Um, san- and mm. sanctions and to an extent the issue of education. Mm. Um, and um, But we believe that um, the, the discussions between the IFP and the ANC, insofar as reconciliation is concerned, remain mm. something which must be on the table. Um, given the fact that we had a low-intensity civil war in this country, black on black, which sure. took 20,000 lives, the fact that significant steps were taken in 1999, for example, by former President Mbeg and Principal Telezi to unveil a memorial mm. um, for the victims of that violence was an acknowledgement that, one, we really come from a past where um, certain things should not have happened, but sure, most importantly, sure. to move forward. So having said all of that, um, the, the, the IFP um, continues to call on the ANC that has mm. come to the table. And we believe that um, the discussion will happen sure. and it's necessary. But for the purposes of this election, no, 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 of sure. this um, discussion mm. tonight, I'm really here at your invitation and thanking you for it that we discuss the current uh, situation in South Africa, mm. unemployment, crime, poverty, sure. so on. So we have presented an eight-point plan mm. a manifesto launched on the 10th of March. Um, and of course, there are other areas which we have cut, but these we believe um, are the key focus. Mm. Um, we have got a track record as the IFP of service delivery, particularly where we have governed and where we are governing. Um, and we believe that that on one hand puts us in good stead in sure. presenting a credible case of what can be done. But at the same time, we have really tried um, as a party to present something which is pragmatic and mm. practical in terms of short-term, medium-term and long-term sure. interventions um, of the problems facing the country. You're listening to Metro FM <coughs> Talk here with me, Ayabonga Tawa. I'm in conversation uh, with uh, um, Kulego and uh, he is uh, uh, the uh, MP of the IFP, Mkulego Sengwa, and uh, of course chair of the Youth Brigade as well of the IFP and uh, the national spokesperson 
person of the organization. Would love to hear from you. Give me a ring if you'd like to uh, pose some questions uh, to Umkulego on 089-110-3377. Now, Umkulego, the, the other dimension, uh, and I guess it speaks to, to your uh, assertion there that uh, you have a track record of having governed uh, many people often criticize the IFP and say you're a regional organization. There's this association, uh, I guess, with a particular part of our country. Yes, very populous part of the country. But of course, there's a sense that, uh, you know, uh, you, you've been able to govern and uh, your popularity <coughs> rests in that KwaZulu-Natal uh, 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 area. Uh, what, what are some of the attempts that are underway to ensure that you really universalize the program of the IFP and uh, make sure that it has nationwide appeal uh, rather than this perception that a IFP in Amandla uh, no, for sure. It, it's true. And unfortunately, we're not the creators of that perception. And now we have to deal with it. Sure. Um, we have embarked on a national um, expansion program, which has proven to be very successful. I mean, just this past weekend, Prince Butelezi addressed rallies in Limpopo and Northwest. Uh, we are preparing for um, Pumalanga and the Eastern Cape just as we speak. I mean, the coming days will be welcoming new members, about 800 in the Eastern Cape as part of this drive, branch inauguration, mm. recruitment and so on. On. But what is fundamental is that, I mean, basic politics will tell you that every party is strong somewhere and weak somewhere. And of course, every party has a base and we recognize that um, we have a base in Wazulu Natal um, and we are looking at growing the, the party. We've been relentlessly mm. um, doing that. Um, and this, of course, may be historic, but at the same sure. time, we don't want to be held back by historic nuances. The futuristic outlook of the party mm. is a party which is presenting itself very forcefully on the national stage. Um, and the fact that um, look, we just here in the city of Johannesburg, we are part of the um, cooperation government, um, mm. which is uh, currently uh, in place um, here now. Um, and it's it, the IFP is fielded candidates in, in all, all provinces, and so <clears throat> we are a work in progress. And but most importantly, we are relying on South Africans as well to partner with us as we partner with them. <clears throat> and that's why we're presenting um, the, the the manifesto to have, because we believe mm. it speaks to South African problems and not just um, problems of a certain <clears throat> province. The, the IFP manifesto for Wazulu Natal will be launched um, tomorrow mm. um, in Peter Maritzburg by the Premier candidate. We've had our outing launch and as I've just said now, um, other rallies have taken place. But they are a culmination of a discussion taking place on the ground and so far as what the IFP is doing. So we are confident mm. that we are making headway. Um, of course, um, the other challenge is that um, money is the milk of politics. Sure. Um, for being a so-called small party, we will be cash-strapped. Mm. Um, we do not have as many Godfathers, uh, and of course, because we're not corrupt, um, we're not going to be um, taking the money of the taxpayers to advance our programs um, where we are in government. So the, the limitations and the odds are stacked against us, mm. but at the same time, we are working flat out um, as part of, in, of our agenda of growing the IFP. Mm. Now, you are seen, uh, probably <coughs> alongside maybe Contralesa, as very synonymous with support for traditional authority. Uh, and and uh, I'm raising this in the context of, of us talking about the land debate because oftentimes there's two debates that are happening when we talk about land. The one debate is uh, the debate around prime agricultural land that is sitting in the white community at the moment. The other debate is around communal land in uh, what are called traditional communities and traditional areas in the country that are under the authority and leadership of traditional leaders. Um, and one of those issues is certainly one that uh, would have been a key consideration when you were putting together this manifesto, which is uh, the Ingwanyama Trust uh, as an outcome, of course, of some of the agreements, compromises, and I guess, uh, you know, uh, decisions that were made in the 90s during the transition that facilitated the involvement of the IFP in the first elections in 1994. Let's just talk briefly about the IFP position, one on the land issue more broadly, and uh, if you can also come back to the issue of the Ingonyama Trust. No, for sure. Let me actually start with the issue of Ingonyama Trust. Mm. <clears throat> to say, one, it was not, it's not part of the arrangements and agreements which um, were spoken about. In fact, none of those agreements or the suggestions or the hopes that we had have materialized. Let me put it differently. It was a recognition of um, <coughs> the Guazulu people. And I recall a press conference uh, that uh, Umtwana addressed at that point in time. He said, look, what opened and paved the way for us to participate in this election was a recognition of the Guazulu people as a distinct cultural group and therefore that paved the way for participation <coughs> in the elections. No, what, what, I'm, what mm. I'm trying to say is, no, what, not what I'm trying, what I'm saying sure. is 
The Ngonyama Trust matter is a separate matter from the arrangements okay, and agreements sure. that <clears throat> came into fruition as facilitated um, by the professor um, from Kenya, the later, just forget his name now. Hmm. <clears throat> was the fundamental issue which the IFP had raised was the issue of the recognition of the king and the monarch because we had to... As actually, a constitutional yes, monarch. Yes, mm. We had to deal with that. Sure. The issue of Ngonyama Trust arose out of the Wazlu legislature, out of its own... Uh, uh, um, work. But the monarch <coughs> is a trustee of the trust. Yes, but yes. what I'm saying mm. is the Ngonyama Trust is a separate matter sure. to that. In fact, what was agreed upon was that these issues would be facilitated by international mediation post-1994. Mm. It has not happened. Um, in December 2000, a cabinet committee sat um, <clears throat> and, and, and resolved that um, the constitution would have to be amended or recommended that it should for the purposes of aligning chapter 7 and 12 of the constitution because one recognizes traditional leadership and traditional systems of governance but does not spell out powers and functions <clears throat> and so when you introduce local government wall to wall municipal boundaries mm. you are bound to have a duplication of powers and functions mm. and so that has not been clarified and that is the issue that we had fundamentally raised in 1994 sure. so it remains on the table now and we continue to raise it <clears throat> not because um, we, we, we're wanting to impose traditional issues but because it's a constitutional recognized structure sure. but in, the, in a vacuum then you are unable to define what, what it is so that's one issue <clears throat> on the issue of land or maybe let me say on the issue of Ingunama Trust when it was actually set into motion it mm. was going to be a three phased approach one was of course to put the land in a trust because we did not know what animal would come out of land rights mm. um, post-1994. And then secondly was to transfer um, land ownership to traditional authorities and traditional councils. That's phase two. Phase three was actually to <clears throat> our intention, <clears throat> excuse me. No, no, no problem. Our, our intention was then phase three would be the transfer of title deeds for um for 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 individual ownership of land. So, Manama Trust is not a sole, uh, 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 you know. It, it has not ended, as far as we are concerned, as the authors of it, as the people who envisaged it. It's part and parcel of what should happen as part of the uh, uh, land reform, redistribution, and land redistribution. So ideally, that's the kind of tenure you want. Yeah. You want so, traditional communities to have the land in trust. Yeah. Uh, okay. Because fundamentally, also, what is important is that the king is not the owner of the land. He is a trustee. Um, if you, anybody who knows who is a trustee, mm. they don't own the assets um, of a trust. Um, they administrate and, 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 and look at it in the best possible interest. Mm. And simply because we designed it deliberately as mm. such so that the transfer of land could happen for people. I mean, I, I come from a rural community sure. on the south coast of Guazlu, Natal. And I can, I can tell you now that whilst uh, you, you look at the economic uh, aspects of land, which are very important, mm. there's also cultural and traditional sure. things which are part of it. So we need to have a broader discussion mm. and not just blanket it. Would you, um, say, would you say the leasing of some of the land, which uh, came out, of course, of the high-level panel there, uh, they were talking about some of the practices uh, that uh, uh, were being undertaken and, of course, the leasing of some of this land to all manner of private interests. Uh, would you view that as the IFP as an abuse of how that trust was initially envisaged under the Guazulu government? Luckily, uh, the, the, the traditional authority they refer to mm. uh, or where they conducted a majority of their work uh, is Umnini Trust. Mm. Uh, and uh, is a neighbor, as now I can speak. So there's no leases um, from... Wh you know, what I'm saying mm. is, the, and we have seen the challenges there mm. uh, in Umnini Trust, but they are not synonymous or consistent with the majority of the practices of Imunyama Trust. Where there are challenges, the IFP will be the first ones to say, let's go back to the drawing board. Let's, We're let's speaking about the leases in particular. No, of course. No, but yeah. the, leases, mm. the leases form part and parcel of the broader okay. issues that have been raised. Mm. I mean, you, we have had situations where um, people are, are complaining about having uh, land which they had been using for years on end, generation upon generation, and somehow somebody else had been placed there. Those are, those are all real issues, mm. them, which, and we must deal with them. And we are not sitting here saying you know, trust is perfect but we are not deviating from the principle of the establishment of Ugonyama Trust. Mm. And so we must plug the holes. But at the same time, there's 
Ingonyama Trust land is but 13% of the land in Wazulu Natal. And so when you okay. focus mm. only on that, you lose a majority of the focus of the land. Sure, and sure. we are saying as the IFP, Section 25 is sufficient for us to achieve what mm. we want to achieve as a country and where um, compensation must be uh, 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 meted out, then let's do so. Um, because there's also challenges with the so-called argument of expropriation without compensation. One, it's fundamentally a call for the nationalization of land. Mm. And so it does not guarantee people ownership. Um, I've heard one leader say... So you don't agree with, with that? No, mm. we don't. I mean, when, when you say, when you want to nationalize land, but you are saying to people, everybody will own land, mm. that's the dishonesty. It's a slippery populist slope. You have a leader saying yeah. one woman, one hectare. <laughs> what happens when yeah. the woman exceeds the number of hectares in this country? So the challenge which the IFP is throwing out there is that mm. let us be honest when we have this discussion. And currently mm. what... Uh, the EFF and the ANC are advocating for as part of the parliamentary process um, in public is certainly not what it is that will be done Mm. in paper and effected with the amendments of the constitution and that's where Mm. the lie comes in. So Mkulago, how different would um, having land under state ownership and the state as a custodian as a form of tenure, how different would it be to having a traditional leader who holds the land um, in trust for the entire community. I mean, how different is that? Well, the, 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 the current arrangement of what we have is an interim intervention. And as I've said, that the intention was transfer land uh-huh. to community. To Private. Co- yeah, so, uh, co- mm. one transfer land to traditional authorities and traditional councils. And then for that for the third phase of individual ownership. I see. So, okay. we, what we wanted to fundamentally do was to protect the land because we did not know what would happen. Uh-huh. And you had people whose livelihoods depended on that land. Sure. I mean, we sent a delegation to Tanzania, which has got a similar um, kind of ownership as what is being mooted by um, the EFF and the ANC mm. when they want to amend Section 25. And I tell you now, people, they are complaining. Um, about the kind of treatment they are receiving and about the uncertainty um, of how long they can be where they are. Mm. So we certainly do not agree with the outlook which has been presented. And fundamentally, we believe that the constitution is sufficient. The failures are about implementation and a lack of political will. Um, and we believe that um, our people are being laid down a slippery slope mm. where there's this broad agenda with no land for all. I can bet my lot all now and it's not much. Should this happen, people will come back to realize that um, they certainly are not the owners of the land. Let's pause there uh, slightly, Bafo. Uh, I'll pause our man's lap uh, <laughs> while we get uh, some of the people who are calling us on the lines. Uh, let me start off uh, in uh, Johannesburg, uh, Innocentia. They're wanting to speak about Mtuanaga Pindangena. Good evening to you, Innocentia. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, very well, thank you. You know, I'm just worried about the leadership of the ISP, man. I'm listening to your guest, and every time he comes on the way, on, on Parliament, I understand him completely. I'm just worried about the president. I mean, what happens should the IFP win the elections? Are we still going to have a president as old as that? No, Mama, no, no. Mtuala no. Kapinangen has resigned. He has, uh, has retired, actually. Let me not say resigned. There, there is another when, guy. When did he retire? No, it's fine. Let, let me let let me explain and appreciate the question in the center because I think it helps us put in perspective mm-hmm. the roadmap to a leadership transition which the party is currently engaged in. Um, as we announced on January 19 this year, Prince Butelezi will be stepping down um, at our conference in July. Um, we had intended to have our conference last year, but we had challenges. There was bogus branches, and had we persisted with the conference, continued with the conference, its integrity would have been called into question and landed us in court. And so we had to autocorrect. We have now audited all branches and the branch register um, is up to date, finalized. National Council, National Council, which is the highest decision-making board of the party in between conferences, decided that we'll park conference um, and then go to uh, uh, and focus on elections. So the transition is underway. We have nominated the current Secretary General, Velenko Senitlabi, as the um, future president of the um, party when Prince Butelli is a step star. But let me um, just pivot for a moment and bring in the question of age because I think it's very important. Mm. 
in the IFP, we believe fundamentally in a generational mix of leadership. We believe in the sharing of experiences of the young and the old. Because fundamentally, age is just a number. Um, let's look at the capability of an individual. You've got people now who are probably 35, 36, and if you were to give them the reins of power of this country, they would lead us down a slippery slope of collapse. Why? Because so, they're young or because no, no, no. they're not good leaders? No, what I'm, what mm. I'm saying is that don't judge a person on the basis of age. Mm. Um, you can identify somebody now and say, well, because he's young, but let's look at what it is that they're presenting. We are grateful to Prince Butelezi, one, for agreeing to lead the transition. But secondly, we are grateful for the kind of leadership he has provided and the fact that leadership has been groomed and that is managing this transition in a way which brings about stability in the party. Mm. Um, so, you know, But, but Mkulego, in a sense, I'd like to keep you there on the line and uh, so that you yeah. can ask your follow-up. Uh, but aside yeah. from you and Liesl, Mkulego, when I look at your top leadership, if anyone goes on your website and you look at your top leadership, um, for me, there's no gender mix and I can be honest with you, there's a lot of old people here, old male men so, so when you say there's a generational mix, uh, I'm not sure, in leadership, because well, I think that's what Innocentia no, is asking. For sure. Velenko mm. Sinislabisa is in his uh, early 50s, who's the next uh, president mm. of the um, IFP, far younger than the current president of the country, I might add. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that, that on its own. Um, put, put it this way, we, we are a small caucus of 10 in parliament. Sure. Um, Kulego is 31, Lizzo um, is, I would never reveal a lady's age, but it's, it's politics. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So she's, th- she's turning 39 this okay. year. Kolaninguiz is 34. We've got a 42-year-old uh, uh, member of parliament. And so, on. so, I mean, look at it. Mm-hmm. You've got it from, from 31. I'm currently 31. So um, I would like to believe that the caucus um, is uh, uh, as good as it is. Getting mm-hmm. there. But okay. it's a real control. You look sure. at our list now. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the top five has got three people. The nationals got three mm. people below the age of forty. Okay. Um, so we are work in progress, but um, I'm, I'm pretty certain that because the policies of the party, amongst other things, are saying forty percent uh, of all lists must now be young people, sure. and that list will not pass if it does not meet that requirement. Minimum forty percent of all women uh, of all lists must be women. So we are making strides. Mm. We've got a youth councillors forum um, in the IFP, um, and we've got young people representing us. Sure. In Schools around the country, um, and so on. We had the youngest mayor um, as the IFP mm. in Domenu, Mukomrete um, Tusboniso, but because of challenges at municipality, we had to recall him. It was not an age thing; it was a matter of governance mm. um, and stability there. The that my head deputy mayor of Frehe Dabakulusi, I'm currently um, 29. Mm. So, so I'm 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 quite certain that um, the interventions we sure. have made um, go um, in the the right direction and of course I'm pretty sure as well young people can never say they're satisfied mm. um, we'll always of want course. more but fundamentally the space for young people to operate there's a there. succession plan yeah. in place Innocentia any follow ups yeah my issue no, the, the reason why I've, I asked this question is because I look at my age I'm 38 and mm. then I don't I don't have that thing in me to go and vote for a 90 year old I look at somebody's age yes they have wisdom but this person has his lifespan is not long enough for him to sustain what he's saying. Is the younger people in the party will continue with this, or are we only just waiting for old people to make decisions? For the majority of voters are young people. Mm. I mean, eighteen-year-old to convince to go vote for a nineteen-year-old, ninety-year-old is a, it's, to me, it doesn't sound, doesn't sit well with me. That's why I asked the question. Okay. No, it's a I valid question. Anyway, and it's, it's very yeah. valid and I take nothing away from mm. it. Um, your, your your approach and your vantage point may be different to any other, but it still remains ve- relevant. But also, you're not vo- we're not voting for individuals, by the way. We don't have, a, we don't have a, an electoral system voting for individuals. Mm. Um, but what the IFP is saying is that we have presented a list, a list yeah. um, as paired, consistent with the electoral sure, um, outlook cold, of mm. the country and that list most certainly caters for every demographic sure. secondly okay. there's a there's a transition in place um that principal Tillis is leading and is doing quite well and thirdly we're having a conference in july what mm. he has said is 
that when he steps down, he will be available to the party in any role to advise, to guide, to be a sounding board so that we do not lose from the wealth of wisdom that he is. So that brings about a sense of stability um, for the party. So I can say with confidence to you, in essential, in any other young person, young person to young person, that there is sufficient space for young people in the IFP mm. presently and in the future in that the vision of the party is very futuristic to cater for young people to get jobs, build an economy that grows, and just for a South Africa that moves forward. Let's pause there. In essential, thank you so much uh, for your call there and, of course, uh, for sharing uh, some of uh, your thoughts with us this evening here on Metro FM Talk. In essential, they're from Johannesburg. Tato, you are in Bloemfontein. Good evening to you. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, Chief. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, um, can I speak to Mkulego, please? Yes, yes, you may. He's here. Yes, yes. Um, Kulego, uh, I'm Tato, um, and I wanted to know if I wanted to know what is the IFP stance on education in higher um, institutions um, post Christmas fall. Um, what I really want to know is what will the IFP do differently from what the AMC is doing currently. Thank you so much for that question. Yeah, it's a very it's a very valid question. Um, education is a central theme of our manifesto and for a lot of reasons. One, because we believe that education is the center of the kind of economic development and growth that we want mm. to achieve, developing the necessary skills, knowledge and expertise which respond to the needs of the job market. There's a buzzword in South Africa, fourth industrial revolution, but we have not pinned down what that means for South Africa. But at the same time, we need to create the an education system which at the very least has got a basis in science, technology and innovation for that future. So we are speaking about classrooms of the future mm. um, currently in the manifesto. We are speaking about making an investment into in education infrastructure um, so that these are readily available. Look, fees must fall um, <clears throat> was a necessary intervention by young people in this country to call out, one, the lie of the ANC of 1994, where posters and billboards were all over saying free education for all. So that was very important of young people to demand that a manifesto must be uh, implemented once you've been elected. But at the same time, um, free education we say free, yes, but somebody has to pay, and that somebody is the taxpayer. So in the IFP, when we speak about free education, the so-called national health insurance, mm. speaking about social grants, which has 17 million people, we view all those social interventions <clears throat> as as some things which must as things which must arise out of an economy that's growing sure. and generating taxes. So we currently have a revenue um, uh, shortfall, shortfall right? of 234 billion rands. We need to plug those holes so we can be able to sustain um, the, 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 the the social programs, housing and so on. So free education yes, re- most importantly um, it is on our manifesto and we as a government we will continue doing that but mm. we continue it mindful of the fact that um, it is only sustainable through economic growth and economic development. Mm. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. I want, just just maybe to, sure. to 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 take it back. Th- there's also the issue, the narrative of decolonized <clears throat> um, education. Mm. What we are saying as the IFP is that let's build up black intelligentsia in South Africa. Mm. Let's invest in um, bla- black institutions, yes, yeah. black institutions, but mm. also invest in black academics mm. um, in, and invest in new research, in new education, and in new content. Mm. Um, so that um, we can be able to, to 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 plug that into the education system. I mean, I, I'm sure you 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 will know we're a generation that had to learn about how um, Africa was discovered, <laughs> and somebody landed on the shores of Cape Town and the shores of Natal and Living discovered. discovered but the we were it was already mm. you can't discover something that was, was already, already there. there. Yeah. So we instead of um, let's 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 interrogate those narratives which mm. are currently in the in, in the uh, in the curriculum, but what we are saying is the IFP complement it with new content or because one of our challenges of course as African people has been that we are so much an oral sure. um, history kind of people from one change and the richness of it gets lost as narrative changes and mm. language change. so let's invest in documenting our history, sure. our knowledge in such a way mm. um, that um, decoiners education um, as, as has been put um, becomes a permanent feature mm. of, of our discourse. Let me draw your attention to something which I think has been a key policy position and outlook of the IFP, for, certainly for as long as I've been following politics. 
and that's the notion of federalism, sure. um, which uh, certainly departs from, I guess, uh, some of the thinking of the ANC. Um, and, and I want us to discuss federalism in the context of uh, the apparent or clear failures that we've seen in the three-tiered system of governance that we have in the country. Uh, you, we have heard the EFF saying they want to scrap provinces. I think Azapo said something similar, whereas the ANC is saying, hey, we want to keep the system, but we want to tinker with it and make it slightly better. And the DA probably shares your sentiment around uh, this issue of federalism. <coughs> but for the IFP, um, if you th- take crime, for instance, you're saying let's give uh, local police police officials more power at a local level so they can intervene in crime. And similarly, when it comes to key service functions, be it education, health care, and uh, all manner of other services, let's give those to provincial authorities. Um, What is your rationale, certainly in the experience of the last 25 years, that allows you to arrive at that point as the most suitable one? Look, we're we're very proud of the provincial um, system of this country. This Mm. is one of the things that we brought to the table at Codesa. One of the things we fought for, yeah. Yeah, because we fundamentally recognize that all politics is local and therefore all development is local. Um, and And currently now, all economics is local. So you need to be able to strengthen local capabilities um, of South Africa for us so that we can move forward. This blanket approach um, devised by technocrats and politicians sitting in Pretoria um, taking decisions is not working. Let's take maybe two, three examples. In the Cape Flats, you're dealing with an increase in gangster crimes and killings and Mm. so on. The Western Cape government is unable to make certain interventions because it's waiting for Pretoria. The national, it's a national competence. What kind of interventions are there? Well, I mean, it, it was speaking about the fight of crime and and um, the the competences which um, could be directed by uh, the, the 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 provincial government. The second one is. Um, Healthcare mm. Minister Mutualedi, every time anything is said to him, he will always say, no, 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 it's not my competence. It's a provincial competence. Yet things are collapsing. And mm. so the, the, the kind of challenge is there. And so what we are saying is the IFP is that you, municipalities are being set up for failure if they're going to be given 9% of the budget. Yet they are the, let me put it in another way. Anybody in South Africa, if they've got a problem, the only government that they know really is municipality must mm. by um, councillors have to bear the brutal brunt um, of things which are well outside their competence, but those are the people that know the uh, are known. So, if you build up the capabilities of municipalities mm. so that they can be able to run the clinics, run police stations, so on, you are able to get a better sense um, mm. of a localized kind of intervention. Um, and so, we we believe as the IFP that it would be foolhardy. Um, of us to want to adopt a a, 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 a central a central government outlook in the manner in which some other of our colleagues are saying. I mean, Germany has been very, very successful with the federal outlook. The US has been very, very successful with it. Um, you look at uh, um, Kenya now, much of their focus is on ensuring that the counties are functional mm. um, as opposed to an effect. And that's the, the change of outlook. And so here... And similarly you, in Nigeria as yeah, well. Yeah, and similarly in Nigeria. Mm. So just come back from Nigeria as mm. well some few weeks ago and you are able to see that much of the advances that are being made are because you have empowered local authorities and lo- because one they are able to respond quicker mm. um, they are on the ground and so on so it's mo- it's like um, boots on the ground quick interventions um, and to so would you cut some of the personnel at the top? Is we that what you're saying? N- no, most definitely. Mm. Um, we certainly believe that government at the top needs to be uh, uh, trimmed down, sure. transfer competences to provinces and municipalities. Um, and we, 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 we believe, um, uh, 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 as the IFP, that people are best suited to determine for themselves um, what it is that is in their collective interest moving forward. But to have an to have an, a, a system as currently is now doesn't work, and this mm. is of course as part and parcel of local economic development. Sure. Um, and and we believe that. Be, let me say, let's take area X as a powerhouse of mm. agricultural uh, activity. Beneficiate around that. Create sure. the necessary skills around that. So, the the more local you become, the easier it is for you to get things done. Okay, let's pause there uh, slightly, Mkulego, and uh, invite some of our listeners here to uh, join us in this conversation. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377 089-110-3377 Kumete on Twitter saying, Mr. Tleng, why there is also factionalism in the IFP. Some don't agree to Velenko Sinishabi 
Kabisa to lead the party, uh, who is also favoured <coughs> by Inkwa Subtelezi. Will your elective uh, conference be all welcomed? And I'd like us to maybe to respond to that on the other side of this brief break and uh, take some of our calls there on 089-110-3377. And when we come back, we'll also take a look at uh, the policy positions of the IFP on immigration, the death penalty, and uh, also on state-owned entities. Stay tuned to us here on Metro FM Talk. Eighteen minutes it is before the uh, top of the hour. I'm Kulego. Delani la pukumetu tumguni. There's factionalism in the IFP. Abanya bamfundi uvelengo slabisa. I'm very surprised to hear that um, because velengo slabisa was nominated by all structures of the IFP. So I'm not sure where that um, factionalism he's speaking about would come from. Um, so even the people who collapsed the the, the previous conference. Who came in with <coughs> bogus branches and all manner of other things? No, the the bogus branches were a result of shortcomings in the system in terms of oversight and because we had put in certain rules mm. um, about what public reps because let me put councillors in the IFP are organisers when they're doing party work. Oh, I see. So okay. they, they, you you did have system, some manipulations there. Some of them arose out of people wanting to be nominated in 2016. So we just had to clean the, <coughs> the system. Yeah. The, the system. Um, of course, there has been difference of opinions um, in terms of the youth leadership. Uh, and of course, others then thought that that it's built over into the uh, 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 the mother body. Mm, um, but mm. um, we, as the as the youth, have um, most certainly sat down and ironed out our differences in terms of moving forward, and we will be convening okay. our conferences well after. But um, I I want to say um, here, without any fear of contradiction, um, that the nomination of Nislabisa mm. was by the extended national council. Okay. Which is which is well within its right to make a nomination. But <coughs> the council or the structures of the organisation. Well, the extended. Well, I would think there is the branches. The, the, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, mm. the extended national council is a composition of, of structures branches, okay. of, of branches. Sure. Um, and um, that was unanimous. The deputy president um, chaired the NEC meeting. Because, let me put it in context. This is very important. The nomination of Mrs. Labesa arose out of the fact that Principal Helizi at an NEC meeting. Mm. Um, announced and informed NEC that he is, would be no longer available to lead the party. Sure. And so we had to then kick in a, a, a process. Okay. And so this nomination was part of that. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, mm. I mean, but if the line has got information, I would be glad to okay. look at it because um, it's important. Sure. To, but as far as the party is concerned and the structures of concern, okay. we are united force working together and we will go to conference, sure. which is an elective conference, by the way. Mm. Um, and the conference will be at liberty to, um, to choose whomever they, to choose they wish. Whomever. Yeah. But mm. what we are saying, as things stand now, the party is unanimous okay. um, in its nomination. Wise man, you and Alex, good evening to you. <coughs> Wise man. Uh, in fact, I want to ask a question. Wise man, you know, uh, uh, I didn't hear the first sorry? part of what you were saying, my brother. How are you this evening? Sorry, I didn't hear. I'm very well in your, I'm uh, very well in yourself. I'm well, thanks, my brother, man. Sorry, I didn't uh, catch the first part. Uh, yeah. Greetings to Mkulego. Good evening. Yes, uh, look, uh, Mkulego, I just want to find out something. You know, we have seen that... Uh, as young people, you know, especially in Alexandria, you know, we have not seen much, you know, from the National Youth Development Agency, which comes from your Msobovu and the Youth Commission. Yes, so yeah. is there any form of alternative, you know, from the IFP, you know, in terms of uh, fulfilling, you know, what was supposed to be a mandate uh, of the NYTA, you know, like empowering sure, us young sure. people? Because we have not seen that, you know, as young people. Uh, we are seeing, you know, parties, you know, being thrown, you know, by the... 
uh, ruling mm. party using festivals, you know, using yeah. these funds, you know, that are supposed to empower us. So, like, is there any alternative, you know, from the IFP? Okay, thank you so much for that one. Uh, Tim Belisa, you are in Johannesburg. Good evening to you. Um, I wanted to ask, as a woman, what exactly is the IFP bringing to the table for us and also for the queer community? Mm. It, it doesn't really say much. I want to know what because in your posters it says what is termed within IFP. So I, I want to know what, what am I trusting as a black woman and as a part of the queer community? Thank you. Great question, uh, Sister Belisha. What are you? What are you? What are you providing as the IFP for the LGBTQI community and women? Yeah. Time quickly. NYDA as the IFP mm. Youth Brigade, we are extremely, extremely concerned about the slow pace of interventions yep. of the NYDA. In fact, we as the IFP believe that either two things should happen: scrap the NYDA altogether. Um, and because what it, it, it what it is, it's it's an entity outside cabinet, and so therefore decision making processes and of young pe- inter- interventions are limited, um, I, 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 because of that. So either we scrap the NYDA or develop it as we say in the manifesto. <coughs> develop as we say in the manifesto, we are saying. Department of um, Youth and um, uh, Job Opportunities, which will be in government, convert the NYDA into an entity of that department as what we'd call the foot soldier of operations, mm. so that at least you can have um, a balance of checks and balance of what it can actually happen. So you will have a, government, a, de- a governmental departmental mm. intervention and an agency, as you see with many government yeah, departments, yeah, yeah. economic development has got safer and so on, yeah. so that you begin to streamline. Um, and so we believe that the NYDA has certainly not done enough. We have engaged with the NYDA. Thoroughly. One of the things is about national footprint is about accessibility. Um, and we did put in a complaint uh, with the former public protector, in fact, to investigate um, the kissing festival. And it's unfortunate that um, that investigation was um, did not materialize because we believe that it would have assisted for us to pinpoint to the shortcomings of the agency. Mm. To, to help it correct. Um, women, women development remains an integral part of the IFP's outlook. One of the things why we are speaking about specialized courts, we are speaking about equal pay for mm. equal work. Um, we are speaking about broader representation of women in structures. Um, we are quite uh, concerned about issues of gender uh, 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 violence, and that's one of the things which are, brings about the issue of the death penalty and the discussion we're speaking about to enforce deterrence um, for 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 uh, these violent mm. crimes which are currently uh, taking place. I'd like to come place. back to that, but no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so. We, of course, we, we're speaking about greater support as well um, for the Chapter 9 institutions which are, are charged with uh, in, in ensuring that women development um, takes place. I mean, one of the things which we, we said in 2016 was that um, our municipalities must be able to provide sanitary towels for um, young girls because we believe that those 50 days plus minus lost every year mm. um, to, 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 to nature really had a negative impact sure. on the academic outlook of young girls and so um, and we believe that young girls must go to school this notion which currently prevails in certain quarters particularly rural communities that uh, a young girl must be in the kitchen or must be no that's all obsolete uh, things of the past uh, young girls must be in school on time every day with necessary um, resources to them the LGBTI community continues to um, find itself at the receiving end of a lot of um, unnecessary things we believe that the um, prescripts of the constitution um, must be adhered to um, for every South African including but not limited to mm. the LGBTI community and it's wrong um, that the kind of discrimination that we see continues to prevail um, and we believe that we need to unite as a society and as a country for us really to protect everybody, but to work with everybody um, mm. a, 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 as well. So, I mean, LGBT rights are human rights and sure. rights are LGBT rights. That's um, not in question. Um, let's create opportunities for mm. every, every South African. Let's pause there slightly. And uh, uh, when we come back, we uh, have got a few more minutes uh, left in our conversation and we'll try and wrap up and continue to take some of your calls. Give us a ring.
on 089 And when we come back, Mkulega, I want you to expand a bit more on the death penalty and, of course, some of your views as the IFP on uh, migration and, uh, of course, uh, some of the uh, issues around immigration, which are set to be a, a major electoral issue in this particular campaign. But on the other side. Eight minutes, uh, it is before the uh, top of uh, uh, the uh, hour. And Pambata uh, uh, on Twitter, Bongozozo, Zondi, saying uh, he's 31 and uh, seemingly shocked at your age, Mkulego. And he <laughs> says, the guys, what we need in leadership to take the IFP forward. I'm from Olundi and the IFP has done tremendous work there. So uh, uh, certainly, Pambata, they're giving you some kudos. Mkulego, you touched on the death penalty issue and the capital punishment issue. And I'd love to hear the IFP view on this one because, you know, since uh, uh, that landmark case, State versus Makwanyane, uh, in, in the 90s, it certainly hasn't become as, as big a debate in front of center in our conversation. And it seems that this particular election, all of the old ghosts, policy ghosts, if I can put it like that, of the past are seemingly coming back. Look, at the outset, we, we, we recognize the fact that we are a constitutional democracy and one which, is ins- which enshrines human rights um, without any compromise. But all rights come with responsibilities. Mm. Um, and for so long as criminals choose to forego the rights of others um, and abuse and terrorize this country in the manner that they do through violent crimes, <coughs> we need to ask ourselves serious questions whether the time has not come for us to push back um, as a country. So one of the things is repeat offenders. Um, one of the things are blatant, uh, total disregard for the rule of law. Mm. Um, gender-based violence in this country is shooting through the roof. You have people who, in broad daylight, will shoot somebody, at a, a, a woman and a child, in a four-way crossing, <clears throat> and cases go cold. And we, the money we are spending on correctional services, which at times are seriously not helping. So, so all we are saying as, a, as the IFP is that the time has come for us to have a national discussion mm. about this. So what, what is the and, IFP going to say and, in that and, national and, discussion? And, and, wait, wait, Mamkule, wait, wait. When we have that national discussion, what will the IFP say? Eliminate these guys and let's save the money. Well, what we'll say is that let us strengthen uh, justice. Let us present the death penalty as part and parcel of a broader selection of options for sentences in in this country. So it's not in a vacuum. Mm. Um, It needs, because we are are also mindful of the fact that there are wrongful convictions. So we need to humbagatle. <clears throat> on this one, but it's a discussion that we need to have. Okay. Um, it, it, it's, it's necessary. And so that if it means arriving at a referendum, sure. we do so having had a full discussion so that we can avoid mm, Brexit. We have Brexit people voted to leave <laughs> and then now they're confused <laughs> on how to leave. So let's first have the discussion and then so that we know how to implement. Sure, sure. But all of this is part and parcel of the reforms that mm. we want to um, institute into the, the justice sector yeah. as part and parcel of maintaining peace and order. I mean, one of one of those suggestions, <coughs> certainly in the justice space, is uh, what you call the restoration and the empowerment of traditional leadership to intervene in civil disputes. Yeah. Now, now, let me maybe give you a brief caveat of why I find that interesting. Because if you look at the case, for instance, of Buyele uh, Kaya some people have suggested who are pro Gumgan Talinje were that he was acting as a judicial authority in the traditional sense. Right? So sure. what he was doing was not him individually as Wielekai Talinje were acting, but as a traditional leader and with whatever judicial authority that is vested in him. Um, how, how do we then find this balance between, uh, you know, what is a constitutionally enshrined system of law? And I guess this dual system now that would obtain on the ground if indeed traditional leaders were given this kind of power. Which is already there, I no, must say. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it goes back to the earlier issue. Mm. We need to go back to Chapter 7 and 12 of the Constitution mm. so that you can be able to define powers and functions yeah. so that traditional leaders can act within a defined space in terms of how they would administer um, justice um, as, the, as they are doing now, and this is an old system, but we now need to contextualize that uh, practice into the Constitution because if you leave it out, you then leave people to their own devices in terms of how they'll do it. But fundamentally, all justice, um, whoever meets it out, must be consistent with the Constitution. And all of us know um, what would not be um, consistent with the Constitution. Um, But fundamentally, um, our approach is that these reforms we're speaking about Mm. are, are about 
context and content and that's why it's important that we have this discussion sure. so that you do not have questionable uh, uh, administrations of justice or acts which mm. are questionable in sure, the administration sure, of justice. Sure. Last question on my end before <coughs> uh, we get to the tail end of our conversation and uh, it's the view of uh, the IFP on the migration issue and uh, immigration uh, which uh, seemingly is a political hot potato in this electoral season. What is the view of <coughs> On that issue. I, I, I want to preface it by saying that one of the reasons why Prince Boutelezi was um, chucked out of cabinet in 2004 as Minister of Home Affairs mm. was precisely because he championed the migration bill which sought to secure our borders and show that everybody in this country was documented. Um, and the ANC deemed it fit to kick him out. It's precisely the reason why he was chucked out. So this issue of migration is very mm. close to the heart of the IFP because we believe in the integrity of our borders as part and parcel of managing and maintaining national security. But, are, but we didn't draw <coughs> these borders, man. But the borders are there. Mm, we didn't draw um, these borders. The, the, the borders are there mm. and we need, and for so long as they are there, we need to manage them in a manner which is to the satisfaction of everybody. If Africa decides to adopt a system like the EU where there's a passport, free, movement, free yeah. movement, then let's do that. We don't have a problem mm. with that. The free trade area agreements yeah, sure. that have been signed would seek to facilitate that. For so long as the borders are there, we need to manage and maintain their collective integrity. And this is this is this is not just about the movement of people because I think one of the and most goods. yes mm. the myopic view out there is that secure borders because and then there's this thing of xenophobia. I don't know we would be, no, this is about cross border crimes, about human trafficking. Mm. Mm. Um, it's about drug abuse. It's about um, the smuggling of, of 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 cigarettes and tobacco and so on, which is very prevalent. So we are saying we need to have uh, the defense force along our borders. If you want to come into South Africa. Africa be properly documented because the strain on sure. the fiscus um, in terms of the uh, man management and maintenance and provision of services um, is proving to be very difficult if we are unable to track taxes of the people that are here. If you're earning an income, pay your dues, mm. pay your taxes. But you can't do that if you're not on the system. So this is a socio-economic uh, uh, outlook for the IFP and because we were fired for it from cabinet mm. we were going to continue um, to advocate for the restoration of the integrity um, of our borders but what we want to caution against sure. is that let us not be abusive uh, to our fellow brothers and sisters of the African continent um, who did a lot for this country. Um, you you go to Tanzania, you go to uh, Zambia mm. um, and other African countries Angola, which housed exiles. I, whether you agree or disagree with the um, the whole idea of exile and the strategies of others in sure, terms of how sure. to fight apartheid is neither here nor there. Mm. But also, it's just inhuman Mm. for us to treat each other in the manner that we are. And it's unfortunate, and I'm not saying this to stir violence, but we've got Pakistanis in, 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 in this country mm. who, who, for nobody ever, um, uh, 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 you know, attacks them. So what this boils down to is that... Even Eastern Europeans? Eastern Europeans. Even white people? Even, yeah. and, and so what it actually mm. is, it's black-on-black black violence. Sure. And that is unfortunate. And we are calling for the end of this. Let's have mm. this democracy is born out of negotiations. Sure. Let's have a healthy discussion about it. The Department of International mm. Relations must continue to engage sure. with our counterparts on the continent to resolve the issue of the movement of people. Kulego, we'll have to leave it there. And just actually a last one. In your crystal ball, you got 2.4% of the national vote in 2014, 10, 10 uh, seats in parliament. Uh, what are you seeing in the crystal ball? I'm seeing an IFP that's going to grow, buoyed by our successes in elections buoyed by our successes um, in the municipal elections in 2016, the hard work that we have put into established branches, the constituencies, but most importantly because the message of the IFP is consistent with what South Africans want. We are there for the jobs, for the economy, good health care, fight against corruption, want a corruption court to deal with all these things. We've got a track record that you can trust. You've got leadership mm. of integrity. We've got a generational mix in what we are presenting as candidates to champion the collective interest for Read South the Africans. So, um, percentage. 
all in all, you can trust the IFP. Trust us, September. Let's vote for the IFP on the 8th of May. And the crystal ball lies with South Africans. I would hate sure. um, to undermine and preempt the okay. electorate. But I think um, South Africans have got no reason to doubt the IFP manifesto and the IFP message. And sure. we're calling for elections which are free and fair and are peaceful. Let's exercise our democracy. Let's protect our democracy. And all of us, let's grow um, this country, but most mm. importantly for young people. So come May 8, trust us, vote the IFP. Kulego Sengwa, big thank you to you, Bafo, and, and uh, big thank you, Jaws, and Kuma for putting together this great product. Mastit and Gomes. I just want to pick.